Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 513. Oh, I say if you love your car, it will love you back. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Lauren Fix. Lauren, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Oh, I'm always buckled up and ready to go. (laughs) I kind of figured as such. Lauren Fix is the car coach. She's a nationally recognized automotive expert, media guest, journalist, author, keynote speaker, and television host. As a trusted automotive expert, Lauren provides an insider's perspective on a wide range of automotive topics and safety issues for the auto industry and consumers, too. She's the president and founder of Automotive Aspects, a consulting firm with a wide range of multimedia services. She's authored books. She's an ASE certified technician, a race car driver, and a mother of two. Wow! In 2015, Lauren received the Win Award, and in 2013, the SEMA Mentor of the Year Award, and in 2012, SEMA's Woman of the Year. Oh my gosh, you've done it all, Lauren. I'm so happy to have you here. I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment before we get into some of my questions and share a little more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Well, I've, oh, thank you for having me. And, and you know, I've always been, a, as I always say, a car junkie. I don't know if that's necessarily the good term, <laughs> but... Um, my whole life has been cars. My dad worked for the big three automakers, Ford, GM, and Chrysler in engine design and development. And, you know, as a kid, I'd go out in the garage. He always had something cool in the garage. He'd always buy something that was not what everyone else had. My mother drove a 70 Barracuda, a bright yellow, black top, black interior with 383 slapstick, which cool. he used to haul a boat. So we're always working on that boat or the car. And then he had a Thunderbird in the garage and also a 67 Corvette 327, 350. It was springtime yellow. So I remember that very distinctly. White top, black interior. And uh, so it was always something in the garage. He was always working on something. And as a kid, I would go out in the garage and just say, you know, what are you doing? And I was a tomboy. I didn't wear dresses. I didn't play. I had dolls that were given to me, but I never played with them. I was a (laughs) matchbox. I played with matchbox cars. And uh, I played tackle football with the guys next door. You know, I was one of the guys. But my dad would always say, you know, what do you, I'd say, what are you doing? He'd say, well, I'm bleeding brakes or changing a clutch or replacing wiper blades, whatever it was. And I always, 
always say, can I help? And as at about 10 years old, he said, you know, do you want to be my tool jockey? And I go, what does that mean? Like, this is cool. He says, I'm going to ask you to go through the toolbox and start going, learning the tools so that you can help me. So I thought that was like totally awesome. Oh, you yeah. Know, spending time with my dad who worked crazy hours and we lived in Detroit. So we're outside of Detroit. And I was born in Dearborn, so I figured I, it's, I've got high test in my veins. And I didn't really know about that. I was just sort of like I loved cars. Uh, he lost his job, and we finally he found a job in Buffalo. So we've been living in Buffalo since '75. Okay, don't do the math. I'm old enough to drink <laughs> and to drive, <laughs> not at the same time. Yeah, a pretty young lady. I know that. Oh, thank you. Uh, and um, so it was funny because I just kept my passion for automotive just kept growing. And uh, when I was 15 years old, and you have to be 16 to drive in New York State, I rode my bicycle to the local used car lot, and I wanted a car like Rockford Files. I wanted a Firebird in the worst way, but they were more expensive than the Camaro. So I ended up with a Camaro. It's actually my only GM car I've ever owned. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> of all the cars I've had, and I've had, between my husband and I, we've had, we figured we had over 1,000 so far. Oh, my so gosh. Moving inventory. And they're not, we're not a dealership. We just personally move on, you know? Yeah. Um, I, it's only GM product. Actually, he's never owned a GM product. Now I think about that. And it was funny because it was a 305 and I turned 16. It had tons of wax and I'd change oil and everything. A friend of mine said, Hey, do you want to go to an autocross? I go, what the heck is that? He goes, Oh, it's a bunch of pylons in a parking lot. You drive around it. The fastest time wins. And I'm super competitive. I'll arm wrestle even though I know you'll beat me. But I went out and I did it and I was last. I was so upset about it. And he said, that's all right. He goes, you probably just need a better car. My eyes are like, yes. <laughs> car number car. two coming. What did you have in mind? He said, you need to get a Mustang. And now we're talking about 79 Mustangs you could pick up. You know, a Cobra with a 302 engine. It had a two-barrel Holley carburetor on and those horrible S-Rod transmissions. And I'm, I'm getting technical. And a 7.5 Eaton axle, which is a piece of crap. Um, <laughs> so I bought, I found a 79 Mustang Cobra with a manual transmission and my father never taught me how to drive manual, so I wouldn't drive his cars. So the guy I started dating there showed me how to drive, like, right away. Boom. That, that was trouble. Yes. <laughs> you can get in a lot of trouble when dad's not home. Oh, yeah. Of course, he would actually mark down the mileage and put it in the wallet. <laughs> Smart so, man. And so that way he would know, if you move the car, I know about it. Dad figured it out. I yeah. did other things, though, to trap them. But uh, technology has evolved. So it, it, it got started going in that, that next the first year I started in June. Actually, I remember the date specifically is June 28th, 1981. It's so weird that I do. And that fall, the Western New York SCCA, Sports Car Club of America, said, hey, listen, we need help at Nelson Ledges. We've got a race going on there. It's called the Great Pumpkin, and we just need people to volunteer. And I said, sure. So I ended up going, getting a timing and scoring license and a pit license so I could work in the pits and I could work in timing and scoring. This is before computers. This is hit the stopwatch, write it down, which is really hard. And uh, I got an opportunity to ride in a pace car with a good friend of mine who's now a good friend. And he says, hey, you know, get the girl in the passenger seat, right? And, of course, of all the class, he could have been anything. It could have been e-production. It could have been anything. It could have been, you know, Formula Fords, Formula Vs. No, it was GT1. And I turn around and see this whole field of ground-pounding Mustangs, Camaros, Corvettes. And I went, oh, I am so doing this. So I went home. And I gutted my Mustang. Oh my my mother thought I was nuts. I put a roll cage in it. You know, I got fire suppression. I remember we're talking about 1981, 82. Totally different. GT1 is not what it is today. Right. Today, it's basically Trans Am cars. Yeah. So I went out there and I, and I ran. I loved it. I drive with street tires there. 
And I'd switch to Slicks at Nelson Ledges and do regional events because it was two and a half hours away. Or I'd go to the Glen when they were, but when the Glen reopened because it was closed for a while. Right. So, so it was kind of neat that all this sort of evolved, not knowing that all this would happen. In the meantime, my father had left his job and started a brake company. And anyone who collects cars knows about a company called Stainless Steel Brakes. Oh, yes. That's my dad. Okay. And cool. His name is George Jonas. And he's no longer with us, but. He still lives in infamy. Please, anyone who's anyone who's listening who knows him starts laughing because he had a lot of personality like I did. So I do. So, uh, but he, he got me into that, and I worked for him and designed braking systems. And uh, believe it or not, and that's a whole story. We'll, I, we're gonna. I know you're gonna ask me a question later. I'll, I'll answer it then. But cool. I worked in, until I got a phone call from Motor Week, and John Davis was still the host. And a friend of mine named Craig Singhouse, who used to be on all the time, said, "Hey, we'd love to have girl come on because he bought brakes from me to talk about brakes. It'd be so cool. Like, when does a girl talk about brakes?" Right. So I got there, and he says, "You know, you're really good. You should be on TV and be a dealer trainer." And I go, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't ever thinking that. I thought, yeah, who, you know, as a kid, who doesn't want to be an actress? Who's not, you know, but in reality, my father would be like, that is not going to happen. So I went to, I have a college education that has engineering classes, but it's a marketing business, economics, and human resources degree. That's what's actually on the certificate on the wall. But my father always said an engineer is someone who actually knows what they're doing, not just sitting behind a desk drawing blueprints. Of course, that was back then. Now it's all CAD CAM. Yeah. But anyways, it, it turned out that I got an opportunity to start training for Ford, and I would go to the dealers, and we'd train them about the new products coming out. That led to, you know, first I was chasing pylons, and then I was doing marketing breakouts, and then I was a lead facilitator, and the people I met along the way were fabulous. And some of them I'm, I'm still great friends with. They were either dealer principals, or, you know, they were racers, or whatever they were. And it's so neat, because I just ran into someone at uh, the Bondurant School last week, who I worked with back in 99 and we hadn't seen each other since it was really really he it clicked he goes oh my gosh because you look different now, i i have to tell you i look completely different i was a tomboy because in 92 i was doing a lot of local tv like little stuff they get a phone call in 92 i got a phone call from oprah from harpo network not from her personally from her people right yeah and they said hey would you like to come on and talk about winter driving you live in buffalo we found you there's no it wasn't really online they found me in this book called The Yearbook of Experts, Spokespersons, and Authorities, which I think they're still available online. I think I got an ancient copy here. But, <laughs> and I said, sure, but I, I didn't know who she was because I don't watch the <laughs> TV. If you want to talk about racing, yeah, sure, I watch you, whatever I can get on Little TV. did you know who she <laughs> is, yes. Well, my sister-in-law had to educate me. She's like, are you kidding? You have to go. You have to do this. And I'm like, okay, so... This is back in the VHS days. I had to tape her show and watch it, so I had a flavor. I got there. I wearing. I wore clothes that were like way, way too conservative. They did my hair and makeup. I had no. I never wore makeup. Never. You know, I just was me. Yeah. And um, now I'm learning how to do it. I'm still learning after all these years, <laughs> but because it's always evolving. But it was interesting. Um, it, that opened a lot of doors. And then CNN called me. This is before Fox and everything else. They had just had that tire explode on the Ford Explorer. Oh, yeah. Remember that? And people were getting injured. They asked me to come on as an expert. And I said, sure. Well, I had been on Oprah. That was the qualifier. There I was you like, go. Okay. And then I got invited to the Today Show and the Early Show. And, and I'd been on Good Morning America. And I'd been on was Regis and Kelly and Kelly and Michael and whoever Kelly's going to get now. <laughs> and um, I've been on every single national news network. And it just sort of evolved. Right. That, that plus my husband and I, I got married in 89 started a company called Classic Tube. We make pre-bent tubing products for automotive and industrial. So if you're restoring a car, 
and you're replacing brake lines or fuel lines, they're probably ours because we make them for a lot of people. We make make them for those ugly trucks that deliver your mail all the way to, hey, I've got an Edsel and I, I can't find tubes. We got the patterns. Nice. And they're all computer controlled and the company is doing really well. We've been doing it for almost 30 years now. We've been in business. Wow. And that sort of led to another angle before I continue that little quest. When I met my husband, he was restoring beautiful concourse cars. I'm talking like Pebble Beach quality, Shelby Club, AACA, and Mustang Club of America. And he was going one direction on weekends, and I was racing in a different direction. I said, well, this is crazy. You're going one way, and I'm going the other. We're not even spending time together. And we were just engaged at the time. I said, you should try a driving school, because I was teaching driving schools for BMW and Porsche. They were always looking for a woman to teach other women, right. which kept me really busy. So, I mean, I've taught at every track. You can imagine in the, in the U.S. and Canada, most port, Shannonville, you know, all the way to California. And he says, yeah, I'll give it a shot. So he had a 66 Shelby. He got in the car. I got in the passenger side, and I thought, this is going to be a challenge. My father was a great student and became an instructor at a driving school I ran at Watkins Glen from 86 to 2001. My husband got in the car, and I said, and he's an engineer. And I said to him, I said, you've got skills. You really are. You just, he just picked up everything I said, just like, you know, turn in points, entry, apex. And he, he got it right out of the box. I said, you know, I've taught a lot of people. You're really good. And he says, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. I said, let's try a vintage race. So he had a, a Shelby that was kind of like in need of a restoration. Mm-hmm. So he put a roll bar in it, got it ready for SVRA. And in 1988, we took him to Watkins Glen for his first race. And I'm, I'd been racing SCCA. So I hadn't run vintage at that point. And he was just really fast. He didn't win, but he was really fast for someone who had never been on that track. Typically, when you're the newbie that comes out, you know, I just got my license. It's a back marker. But he he was really like in the top 10. And I thought, hmm. So then here goes. I sell my race car. I build a 66 Mustang notchback. And now we're running SVRA. I ran that till 1999. I sold that to buy Robert Lapalanian's Roush Trans Am car. It was actually owned by Jack Roush. We had chassis seven, chassis eight, and chassis nine. Those are the three cars that you saw the Motorcraft winning cars. If everyone remembers the one, two, three. Yeah. We had all three of them. Wow. And it just happened to be that way. We bought them. People didn't want them. One guy had it. He says, it's too fast for me. Well, someone had put this huge 355 engine in. It was just a monster. So my car now, I mean, when I sold it, the last engine we had it, well, the, the engine company's out of business, had 750 horsepower in it. Then Jack wanted to buy the car because it was the original GTX car. And I said, it's not for sale. I've been racing this thing since 99. This is like uh, 2005. And he says, nope, I want it. So the price came in right. And I said, okay. So he currently, owns, <laughs> he currently owns the car, yes. And then there's a guy in Pennsylvania who owns the other two cars. And we, in 1999, my husband was running another Roush Trans Am car, Chassis 8. And he was running in vintage. And he was running in the time it was called the Wings and Slicks class. Wow. Which is basically a catch-all. It's like group nine. Like, we don't know what to do with you. Just all race cars that don't have a category. He beat the field by 16 seconds. Wow. And Carl Jensen, who's in charge of SVR at the time, came over to him and said, you know what? You better find another series of racing unless you want to slow down. I'm thinking, when, <laughs> when do they tell you to slow down in racing? Never. <laughs> I was blown away. Yeah. So he raced in uh, Trans Am uh, in 1999. He did a couple races because he wanted to see if this car was competitive. And it was. And then we started our own team. We ran from 2000 to 2006. He did pretty good. He, I would say he was top 10, but I think the, the holdback was we didn't have the best crew. We had a crew that could be a reality show. <laughs> Trust me. 
every single person had a little nuance. One of them still is in Transium, so I can't say, or in, uh, I'm sorry, he's in SVR8, so I can't say his name. <laughs> but he lives on Dr. Pepper. Okay. So i an idea. I, and one guy would have a different girl in every town. It was just unbelievable. Oh and I'm gosh. trying to be the team manager and do my television work and help run Classic Tube uh, and yeah. be a journalist at the same time. It was just too much. Well, the Transam closed in 2006. We went whole hog back into restoring cars and driving in vintage. So now I'm helping run a race team. Uh, we're running the Classic Tube 100, which will be at Watkins Glen May 13 through 16. So by the time your listeners hear this, hopefully we'll have won. I think so. I think so. Wow. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your success along the way, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? I know you love to drive, Lauren, so take the wheel. Ah, yes, that's very accurate. <laughs> well, it's so funny. I have a couple of them. One of the, my favorite ones I have in my third book, uh, which is called Lauren Fix's Guide to Loving Your Car, which you can get on Amazon or at my website. Cool. It's called, it says, nothing can stop you but yourself. And there are a lot of times... That, you know, it's easy to say, well, I can't do that. Well, that's not possible. Oh, no one will help me. Whatever. You know, you just put your own roadblock in. I don't believe there's a glass ceiling. I think you put the ceiling, whether you're male or female, in front of yourself. Yes. If there's nothing there, it's like letting a dog run free in a field. Just do it. Make it happen. You know what I mean? That's why I always laugh about the Nike logo. And, And on my wall, and I wish you could see it in my office, I have three gigantic red letters. That say Y E S. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, I have to remember sometimes where I'm torn. Like, do I do it? Do I not do it? Because everyone gets offered unique opportunities. Sometimes they're good and sometimes they're not. I have to look up there and say, Yes. 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 So. I can do it. No, it's very cool. You know, I have a great quote I always share with people from uh, Enzo Ferrari if you can dream it, you can do it. And uh, of course, That's there's great. a lot of those, but I love yours. It's absolutely fantastic. Now, you may have already shared a little bit of this earlier, but let's talk about what instigated your passion for cars. You said you were a tomboy. You grew up in the garage with your dad helping you. But is there a pivotal moment looking back in your life when you can realize, oh, my gosh, I'm a car gal? You know, I think I loved working with my dad, and it was kind of neat because my dad was a unique individual. And like I said, anyone who knows him would laugh. And he would work crazy hours, and he would come home. So it was an opportunity to spend time with him. But when I realized, I know it was like watching Rockford Files. It's like, oh, he was a hot-looking guy. (laughs) <laughs> and he drove a Firebird. But then when I went and bought my first car and I changed the oil myself, of course, I did it wrong the first time. Lesson learned. <laughs> we, we all have done that with the oil on the garage floor. <laughs> well, instead, I was stupid. I thought I got all the oil out and I didn't change the filter and then I had to go back and do it again. So it was just, you know, beginner's error at 15, you sure. know. I think it was probably buying my first car, just that power that I didn't go with my brother or my mother or my father. I rode my bicycle up to a used car lot. He's got to say, who's this young girl's coming in here? I worked for my dad, so I had made some money. And I wasn't a babysitting person. That would never fly. I did a lot of entrepreneurial things. Like my mother said, don't go to the drugstore to get candy. I would ride my bike to the drugstore, negotiate at the five and dime for like Tootsie Rolls and stuff, and then sell it on a tray table at the end of the driveway. Cool. For all the other kids who actually listen to their parents. Yes. (laughs) I love it. So I'm very entrepreneurial. So I think it was buying my first car and, and realizing how empowering it was and, yeah. and negotiating a price because I knew just by common sense, you, like a flea market, because I'd been to Carlisle since I was a kid, 
not to pay what the price was. And right. I negotiated the price down. I couldn't even drive it home. But he drove it to my dad's shop and we happened to have an area we had just expanded and I parked it in there and waxed it every day. And I, that's when I really just started realizing cars are so cool. Wow. I didn't think about the guys. It wasn't about the racing initially. It was just, I don't know. There's this passion you pick up and it's, everyone's passionate about something. But for me, it's just always been cars. And I'm, I mean, I'm, Seriously passionate. I mean, we name our dogs after cars. We name our daughter after cars. <laughs> yeah. People that come to our house think you think I'm crazy. We got married. We striped the limo because we're into Shelby's. We had a white limo. <laughs> we convinced the limo guy to let us stripe it in blue. I wore a white dress with blue, blue, blue on the flowers. All the girls wore blue dresses. All the guys were. I mean, we were. <laughs> I had a Pantera and a Cobra on the top of the cake. You are hardcore. That's for sure. That's for sure. Well. I would love to take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. Talk a little bit about huge challenges or even big failures. And this part of our talk is always really important for those listeners because it teaches them if they reach an obstacle, they reach a failure, how to get past it. So share one of those with us and take us there. And then how did you overcome it and what did it teach you? Well, I've had plenty of failures. I don't think anyone who's made it to wherever they want to be or close to that has not met with some obstacles. I've had a lot of them. The first one is I had been teaching driving instruction. And it's funny because I, I know this guy. And now, he, now he's constantly apologizing to me now in later years. But it was like 19, uh, I think like 85 or 86. Had to be 86. And I wanted to teach at Mid-Ohio for the Porsche Club. And I had taught there before with other groups. But this particular group, this guy called me because this is before email and said, I, you can't teach for us. And I said, why not? He said, because you're a girl. He goes, oh, no. <laughs> and I, I was like tr- trying to qualify myself, you know, but I've done this, this, and I'm the Northeast champion in, in autocross and I've run solo one and I've run GT one and I've got my professional license. And he said, no, because we're not going to do it. He goes, I'm sorry. He goes, maybe another time. And he basically hung up on me. I oh, wow. cried. My husband, my husband at the time was my boyfriend. He just said, he just tried to call me. I was so pissed off. And let me tell you, I'm half Russian. I'm not Italian. Everyone thinks I am. I'm half <laughs> Russian. It's like Mount Vesuvius. When so first everyone cries, then you get ticked off. Yeah. And then you kind of have to face reality. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I think I sort of came up with the thought processes. Everyone gets knocked off your high horse because things are going well for you, no matter what you're doing, work, home, whatever. And, they, and someone throws a curveball at you and you get knocked off your horse. And I hate to use it as an expression because I usually have automotive, you know, terms. I, I always tell people you got to get back on. You got to get back on that horse. You got to just get around him. And I have a rule that if I can't get through the front door, I'm going through the back door. I'm going through the window. I might come down your chimney. I might come through your basement window. But <laughs> if I'm coming to find you, I'll find you. I'll and believe you. me, I've made phone calls to people that people go, I don't know how you made it happen. I said, because I catch people when they least expect it. I'm a guerrilla marketing person. So you always do what everyone else doesn't do. If everyone turns right... I'm going left. So, and, and that's how, that's how you can make things happen no matter what it is in life you want. And, you know, that was big. And then I had a disagreement with a pretty big automotive magazine at one point and he put some false lies out there and I had to get my attorney to put a cease and desist on him. And that, that was real smack upside the head. Yeah. Yeah. But I got it resolved and I don't think he's ever going to do it again, but it's amazing how many people still bring it up. And say yeah. that they wrote letters on my behalf. And I thought uh, that really meant so much to me. Instructors, students, people I'd worked with, 
defended me. And when you have that, your circle of friends and family and supporters, I was literally blown away. I'm like, wow, like you did that for me? You didn't, I, I mean, how many people are going to write a, an actual letter to a publication to defend a friend? Yeah. That meant a lot to me. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Both those are great stories. I love it. Thanks for sharing those. Fantastic. Great personal stories, but uh, great for those listeners out there, those young listeners especially, that, yeah, when you get knocked off the horse or the car goes off the track, you just got to get back on and right. keep going. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I like to have you share a big aha moment in your career. It's one of those moments because your career has had a lot of twists and turns. I mean, Ugh. my gosh, girl, you've done everything. It's just Ugh. incredible. But it's amazing when you think about, I'm going to do this. I'm going to graduate school and I'm going to do whatever. Yeah. And, you ne- and then you'd get to where you are in your 40, which I'm not, but I <laughs> <laughs> Well, tell us a little bit about one, one of those many aha career moments that you've had. I think it was... Well, the first one was I started dealer training. The first job I got was chasing pylons in a parking lot. And no one gave me any clue, like bring a pair of work gloves, nothing. Because when at the end of the day, you had to collect all the pylons and put them in the trailer. And then you got in the vehicle and you drove to the next city. And I'm thinking, I've got a degree. And I'm chasing pylons in a parking lot for $200 a day. How did this happen? What is, what am I doing? And now I I know my husband even said, you know, well, you took the job. Like he always tells me. This is my, uh. My grounding, my grounding point, I'll tell you. As all good partners are. Oh, no, we are two peas in a pod. <laughs> but it was funny because I said, this, I can't do this again. I did it one day and they wanted me to go to the next city. And I got a hold of the person in charge and I said, do you know that I have a degree in marketing? And I would love to do your marketing breakout. She says, well, we already have someone for that job. But if someone gets sick, we'll let you know. Well, we get to the next city. And she calls me. This is back to the pager and phone call days. Pagers, remember that? Oh, yeah. Um, yikes. And she says, hey, listen, can we put you on a plane to Oklahoma City? Someone just got really sick. We're going to send you the script. Someone's going to hand it to you. And can you have it memorized and ready to go the next day? And I said, yes. Because I had acting that background. That note on the, door, on the wall, yes. Well, I had <laughs> acting background and I had real life experience. And it was to talk about Uniroyal tires because they used to have the Royal the, the Uniroyal Royal... I think it was, it was like a run flat, but if you stabbed it, it would automatically seal. Royal seal. That's it. Royal seal. There you go. And, um, they wanted something different. They really wanted me to make it shine. So it happened to be Oklahoma City right after the bombing. So it was like, there wasn't a lot of personality in the room. I mean, people were really down. And now you got a whole room full of dealer training, you know, people that worked for a dealership from all different dealerships. And I got up there and, and I started talking about the tire, you know, it had nail guard in it. Wow, that really came back quickly, didn't it? I know <laughs> it's on my head. And what I had done previously, the, the first round was to take a, a screwdriver and stab it into the tread of the tire and show that the tire didn't go flat. And it would automatically seal. And I had a section of tire and I talked about it and they all thought this was great. Well, that person got sick. They said, could you stay another day? And I said, sure. Well, they had switched vehicles on me and I didn't know it. So I took the same screwdriver, bam, and a tire and I hear, everybody starts laughing. So I finally broke the ice. The, the person who had hired me was in the back of the room. And I said, well, that's why you want Uniroyal Nail Guard. And she said, you just got a marketing breakout job. <laughs> yeah, what a great like, story. Oh, I guess I'm good at this. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, on the fly, you just do what you got to do. Well, you've also received awards. You've, you've got trophies from wins, all sorts of things. But is there one proudest moment in your career to date that really stands out for you? 
That's tough. I think the big one was I got uh, inducted into the uh, Automotive Hall of Fame, the Transportation Hall of Fame. Wow. Uh, that was pretty cool. And they asked my daughter to induct me. So that was cool. She was like a senior in high school. So now she's 24. So it's been a while. Uh, but it was really cool. So I have the, the trophy up there. And How that cool. Was, that was really, really exciting. I mean, when I got the letter, I mean, I get some of these sometimes. Like, I want to win award. I'm like, I want to, what's, what is it? got to look it up. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes you don't know. And then you, you win, you know, SEMA Woman of the Year. And I was like, wow. that These are like wow type of event. I mean, pretty much every trophy I never expected. It's just to happen. And it, it's really great. I mean, it's just, I don't do the work for the money. I don't do the work for the trophies. I do the work because I really am passionate about what I do. Yeah, and that's the best. Well, congratulations for all of those. Thank you. Now, let's have a little bit of fun here. You talked about that first car. You rode your bicycle down to the dealership, negotiated, I love this, negotiated a price, and he drove it home. But let's talk about your first really special car, that car that you got that you went, oh, man, I got it. That would be a 1983 Pantera GT5, one of 25 built, owned by the vice president of Chrysler at the time, Hank Carlini. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. It was black. It was a black interior, silver wheels. It was awesome. Oh, It was yeah. just everywhere. I get pulled over by police officers to go, what is a Pantera? <laughs> so when I registered it, it said D. Tommaso, but in New York State, they only give first four letters. It's a D-E-T-O, and the lady said to me, you have a DeSoto? And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah it's a DeSoto. Exactly. <laughs> a little modified. <laughs> yeah, just a touch. <laughs> now, that's a pretty awesome car. Well, you talked about your husband and you having like over a thousand cars over your lifetime. So this question might be a little tough. How about seller's remorse? Is there one car yes. you let go that you wish you had back in the garage? Yeah, we, I do. It's a 1963 Cobra. It was the 51st car built. It was CSX 2051. It was a 260 car. So this is before the 289. It was a Worman sector car, and I raced it while I was pregnant with my son. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, and, and I'm not just talking like, oh, I just found out I was pregnant. He was born December 11th. This was Labor Day weekend in September. No way. Yeah, so no one said anything. Everyone knew I was pregnant, but it's vintage. SVR, no one's going to hit a Cobra. You got a, you got a Shelby or another Cobra. <laughs> yeah. So they all kind of knew, but then ESPN was there, and they said, oh, this is cool, girl racing a Cobra, you know? And I said, and I'm pregnant. And then everyone from SVRA found out, and they, and they said, oh, the general competition rules, known as the GCRs, uh, there's nothing here about being yeah. pregnant. But Ooh. there will be Monday morning, yeah. and sure enough, the new rule is you cannot race while pregnant. Thank you to Lauren Fix. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. Well, probably a good thing, but wow, that is a pretty... My son has it in his blood. He has no choice. Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, he was right there going for a ride. How many kids can say... Guess what I did before I was born. So, yeah, pretty darn exactly. special. Well, let's talk about today and the future here this year. What are you doing right now that really has you excited and fired up? And I'm almost afraid to ask you because – I have a lot of projects that I – some of which I can't even discuss. But the Well, one, maybe one or two. Well, one of them is – that we're working on is called His Turn, Her Turn. We have a Facebook page. It's on my site. It was with a gentleman named Paul Bryan out of Chicago. You might know him. Uh, he works – he used to work with WLS Radio. Uh, he's left there. And we are doing this, not full-time, full-time pretty much for him, but he does other things. He works on the Alan Lynch Foundation. Um, he's a vet. And I am doing all my things. Plus, we are doing the His Turn, Her Turn car reviews. And it's great because we have a female perspective. We own 62% of the cars on the road. And the other side, there's a guy perspective and someone who's been in cars a long time. And so we get great feedback, great commentary. It is really fun. It is not, you know, we're not talking about bump steer and gear ratios and drag coefficient. That stuff, if you're into all that, you can find that anywhere. This is just 
fun. Yeah. Fun yeah. learn about the cars. And cool. we're doing, we just came back from a dressage event, which was sponsored by Land Rover. And so we're learning to go into that lifestyle thing because one of the clients, which we'll be announcing soon, wants the lifestyle of automotive. So of there's a lot of cool stuff coming out. And other than that, I'm on Newsmax TV every week, a segment called Pedal to the Metal. I do the Weather Channel. I'm on USA Radio Daybreak. And I'm the automotive expert for Inside Edition. Oh, my gosh. So I have a lot of other things going on, but that's just... You're just wearing me out. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I'm like... When you're sleeping at 11 o'clock at night, know that I'm probably still working. Yep, absolutely. So. Absolutely. Yeah, and I know that for a fact. I was up quite early this morning and emailing Lauren, and yep, she was already up and going at it. So, very <laughs> quiet. Go to the gym. Got to get my work done. Yeah, I think it was 4.30 my time. You're, on the, you know, you're a few hours ahead of me on the west, our East Coast, but uh, very cool. Now, here's a very introspective question before we get into the last lap here. If Lauren was a car, what kind of car would she be and why? Oh, well. That's interesting. I think I probably would be a Ferrari of some type. Yeah, I kind of figured something fast moving. Fast, yet a little classy. Yeah. You could drive it pretty much anywhere. So what kind of Ferrari? That's a tough one. I know what I'd like to own as a Ferrari. Well, this is you manifested into a car, though. So there's a little twist there. Yeah. Something fast and something that's uh, pretty slick. You know, I think probably what I'm driving right now, I drive unique vehicles. I don't drive cars that everyone else has. I have an Audi RS5. Ooh, and it's I like a those. It's engine, naturally aspirated, all-wheel drive, and it's Panther Black. I custom ordered it. Panther Black with a black Alcantara interior. Ooh. And there is no chrome, no silver, nothing. It is just really cool. Goes with your hair. <laughs> well, my hair is actually dark brown, but yeah. Oh, well, yeah, we're on Skype here. It looks black to me, but uh, well, I love those cars. They're great. I love the two-door coupes. I drive an M3, so. Oh, very nice. Yeah. That's an excellent vehicle. Yeah, so we're up there in the same thing. Well, very cool. I love the way you answer that. Well, Lauren, up next is the last lap. Okay. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, I have a question. What's the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? It's with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's the fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft is the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers, and they are crafted to fit like a custom suit with over 80,000 patterns available. And they're made in the USA. But Covercraft is much more than car covers. Their vehicle protection system protects your cars, motorcycles, watercrafts, and RVs, exteriors from the elements and the interiors from the wear and tear of daily life car covers front end masks dash covers seat covers floor mats and much much more covercraft offers you a full array of custom accessories made specifically for and styled to complement and protect your special vehicle covercraft is the right choice i use them on all my vehicles and your special vehicles will love them too learn more today at covercraft.com and you can get free shipping when you use the code at checkout, Cars Yeah. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. 
Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Lauren, we're back, and we're at the last lap. You know what this means? You're a race of the white flags out. Time to put our foot into it. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Yep. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? I know you've given a lot, but how about received? I think it's probably true of anything is do your homework. Oh, yes. (laughs) And, you know, I laughed as a kid when I did that, but if you don't know what you're talking about, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Absolutely. Now, how about a personal habit? Is there one in particular that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? Again, I, I probably do your homework, but also never be afraid to walk away. There are sometimes deals just sound so good, and it's really hard, whether it's a car deal, a business deal, a personal situation. I think you need to stay on your ground and sometimes just walk away. Absolutely. And don't look back. Don't look back. Keep looking forward. Tip the rearview mirror down. Yeah, what's up behind me makes a no difference. No difference, no. <laughs> Gumball rally. The day we're recording this yesterday was the anniversary, sadly, of Ayrton Senna's death. But one of my favorite quotes from him is, uh, the past is just data. I only see the future. Ooh. So, yeah, great saying. I love that from him. Now, how about a resource? There's tons of great resources these days. But is there one in particular you'd like to share with the Cars Yell listeners? Well, I, it depends what you're looking to do, but I always like the guerrilla marketing or punk marketing. Punk marketing is Richard Larimer, who's a real character. Michael Levine is guerrilla PR marketing. If you're looking to do something different, this is the way to do it. This is not going to help you find a sponsor for your race car, but if in life you're looking to go left where everyone else is going right and that fork in the road is there, take the take the fork that no one else is taking because... And these books will help you. Absolutely. Well, you talk about those two books. Is there another book in particular that we can put well, on Well, my book. <laughs> well, I was hoping you were going to say that. Let's let's share that with our listeners. I have two books uh, that I have available. The, the middle book is out of print. Uh, the first one was called Driving Ambitions. So if you've got a friend, a family member wants to get into drag racing, car shows, autocross, r- driving schools, going racing, there's never really been a book that sort of tells you the foundation, the, the terms and the lingo so you don't walk in feeling like a fool. That's where I come in. Once this book is all about that, once you've got the basics down, then go buy the Bob Bondurant driving book or Ross Bentley's book or all the billions of books that are out there. But when you get to those books, they don't go back to the basic basics. They figure you've got some seat time, more car pun. But this is really the foundation. This is literally... I, I want to go to the track. I don't even know what to bring with me. What do I do? This tells you all that. Absolutely. And the third book is Lauren Fix's Guide to Loving Your Car. It's designed because driver's ed only teaches you to pass the test. They tell everyone there's two fluids in a car. And I'm like, I beg to differ. I have nine with an optional 10. <laughs> and I can't get the driver's ed teachers to even come up with the list. Yeah, so yeah. You can come up with the list. <laughs> Great books. Well, I'll remind our listeners you can find links to all these awesome resources Lauren has shared at her very own show notes page at carsyad.com slash Lauren Fix. And these books are available at another place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books with quick, easy links to buy. And I encourage you to get your hands on those books, especially Lauren's. All right, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy, especially for a lady who's had as many cars as you. If you could have only one collector car, I'll include collector race cars since I know you like to go fast, 
But don't worry about the price. Today, I'm going to buy whatever you would like. Awesome. All right? Yeah, pretty nice of me, isn't it? Really? You better have a big check. Okay. Yeah, I get my big golfer's check out because I, I get some pretty big, big. pretty big requests here. So what would that vehicle be? And more importantly, why? Ferrari 250 short wheelbase. Oh, you picked one of my favorites. <laughs> oh, my God. That car is just sexy and fast and gorgeous. It's just fantastic. Have you had the pleasure of driving one? No, I have not. Well, we got driven a lot of really cool cars. I've driven real Ford GTs. We have a, a or, I'm sorry, GT40s. Yeah. We have a Ford GT, and I'm hoping to get a new Ford GT. We just picked up a Shelby 350R, which oh. I made my husband very happy. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've had some pretty stuff. Well, that car you picked, it has a special place in my heart. I actually got to drive two in one day. Wow. To- totally unexpected. I was at the Cavallino event, and, uh, the, tees, the keys were tossed to me from two different cars, two different people. I couldn't believe it. Wow. Um, so uh, they're pretty cool cars, pretty cool cars for sure. Well, Lauren, yeah. you have taken me on an awesome trip today. I knew you would. Oh, my gosh. I am all fired up for the rest of the day here now that I've talked to you. And I want to thank you for sharing your amazing journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Ferrari 250 SWB? Oh, I say if you love your car, it will love you back. I love it. That's a great quote. And what's the best way for our listeners to follow you, learn more about what you're doing these days? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Lauren Fix, or you can go to laurenfix.com, sign up for the free newsletter. And I'm literally on every single form of social media. And I do reply to all my questions. So if you got a question, you're not getting an answer from a dealer, I can probably get an answer because the term expert is a loose term. It means you know where to find the answer. Yes, absolutely. The Car Coach. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Lauren shared today at her show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type Lauren in that search bar. It'll pop up with quick, easy links. I encourage you to check out what Lauren's up to if you don't already know about her, which everybody does, of course. But uh, uh, it's a great place to go get information. I love the fact that you respond to people, too, and help them out. That's what's most important. Lauren, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise. You. You're welcome. And for sharing your experiences with the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. All right. Thanks so much. And I'll look forward to talking to you all again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!